Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Yes. 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 I have been waiting for this day. Oh. Exonerated, acquitted again. Yeah. Another hoax discarded into the trash can of history. We'll get to that today. President Trump's massive acquittal in the Senate yesterday. We'll also get to Mittens. Sellout snake. Um, But don't worry, folks. No Republicans voted to convict the president. You may say, well, Romney did. Exactly. As I just said, no Republicans voted to convict the president. Point taken. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today on this absolutely loaded news day again? Dan, all I can say is, how about that? Yeah, how about that? How about that? How How about about that? that? I had a tweet this morning. Good morning, liberals. How does it feel? I just wanted to remind you. Um, acquitted, exonerated, again. All right, let's get to it. I got a busy, busy show for you today. Today's show brought to you by Buddy's Hat. was one of my favorite sponsors, who I will be using today, by the way. The Teeter Inversion Table. With a teeter inversion table, use gravity in your own body weight to decompress your spine and relieve pressure off your discs. Pull that spine. Flexible, supple spine. Get those muscles loosened up, those discs loosened up. I need this. I'm going to jujitsu today to work out. So I go on the teeter inversion table afterwards. I do it for a few minutes a day, sometimes twice. It's a great addition to your daily routine to maintain a supple, healthy spine and an active lifestyle. If you have back pain, if you don't have back pain, take care of it now. If you don't have back pain, avoid it. If you do have back pain, jump on that teeter, invert every day, and keep your back and joints feeling great. I feel like a new man when I get off it. Not only does it help my back, it's helped my shoulders, which I have pretty bad arthritis on. Some products I talk about, I use regularly, some I don't. I use this twice a day. I've done my homework on it. It's the best inversion table on the market. Over 3 million people have put their trust in teeter. By the way, it's super easy to use. You lock in your ankles. You just gently turn upside down, invert. I get a little bit of a teeter rush from it. I call it the teeter high. I love it. It's great. For a limited time, you get Teeter's new upgraded model of the inversion table. The Teeter Fit Spine with bonus accessories. Stretch Max handles helps you stretch out that spine even more. An easy reach ankle system plus a free inversion program mat for the ultimate inversion experience. Teeter inversion tables have thousands of reviews on Amazon. Are rated at 4.9 stars. And with this deal, you'll get $150 off when you go to Teeter, T-E-E-T-E-R.com slash Dan. Do not miss out on this opportunity. You also get free shipping, free returns, and a 60-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk for you to try it out. Remember, you can only get this new Teeter Fit Spine Inversion Table plus the free inversion program map by going to teeter.com slash Dan. That's teeter.com slash Dan. Go today. You're going to love this thing, teeter.com slash Dan. All right, Joe, let's go. Ding, ding. So um, I think the best way to sum up what happened yesterday, I'm going to go into a little more detail about this, but that's some State of the Union recaps as well. And also a today's edition of these people all know each other in the deep state swamp and they all have something to hide. So number one, the New York Post cover kind of sums up this whole thing. Uh, Nancy Pelosi thought it would be a good idea to rip up the State of the Union address. The New York Post put on their cover today, Donald Trump ripping up the articles of impeachment. <laughs> Acquitted president gets the last laugh on Nancy Pelosi. You're darn right he did. You're darn right, Skipper. Now, <laughs> I was on uh, Laura Ingram's show last night debating Chris Hahn, who we'll have on the interview show this week with an extended form debate. Be recording that later today. Launch it on Saturday on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. But I said to Chris and Laura last night, and I'll say to you today, this impeachment was a huge success. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean it was a huge success? It was. For the Republicans, uh-huh. this was an enormous success. Uh, Joe, how could it not be? Well, how could it not be? For th- I mean, if if you're interested in yeah, things dude. like facts, if you're facts and data, if you're not interested in that, you you found the wrong show. There you go. Go to another show, one of those liberal shows, the Dino Badilly show, whatever that guy who I got into that Twitter fight with yesterday. Those liberals, go to those shows. The young turds, go over there. They don't. They avoid facts and data like the plague. If you're interested in facts and actual data, though, this impeachment was a huge success for the GOP. Let's lay out a couple points. Number one. Donald Trump's approval is not only up, approval ratings, measured by Gallup. Ladies and gentlemen, Gallup is not known to be, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want, I'm not trying to impugn Gallup, 
But some polls historically will have a bent leaning towards conservatives, some towards sure. liberals. You get what I mean, folks. Yeah, man. It's just sample size stuff and how they aggregate their data algorithms they use nothing. Gallup has never been known to be particularly friendly to the president. I'm not suggesting they're inaccurate. I'm just saying their polling has always kind of undercounted the president's support a little bit. Gallup has the president's approval rating, not just up. That's not the takeaway. It's at its all-time high. Do you understand that? It's not just at the approval rating. Up. Again, I know liberals have a tough time with this. Down. Up. Up. It's not just up. It's at its all-time, since Donald Trump has been the president, high. Peak. Top amount. Vicissitudes. Up. Down. Up. 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 They're at the top of the mountain, not the bottom of the valley. I told you now for eons that impeachment is not a criminal trial. It is a political attack on the president. Right. If based on actual crimes, high crimes and misdemeanors, it's a legitimate political attack on the president, not a physical one, a political one to expel him from office via a Senate trial after articles of impeachment are passed by the House of Representatives. But it is a political attack. There are no criminal penalties if the president is convicted and deemed guilty by the Senate trial. None. There are no, there may be later, but there are none. The president is simply removed from office. If the goal is a political attack and politics is based on your ability to move public opinion and your ability to move public opinion is based on public support, ladies and gentlemen, none of this is complicated to figure out unless you're a liberal. And public support after your political attack doesn't go down, but goes up to the highest levels the president's ever seen. Can we deem using ration and reason that your attack has failed? I'm just saying. I'm I just think, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can reason that. You know what this is for the baseball players out there? This is a bunt. bunt you always yeah. got to hold the barrel of the bat up higher when you bunt. Because if you hold the barrel of the bat lower or even even, you risk popping the ball up. You pop the ball up, you're going to blow the bunt. A bunt. Reminds me of uh, my big fat Greek wedding, the cake. Remember the cake? The cake? Yeah. It's a, a, a bunt. A bunt. That's a different cake. I'm talking about an actual bunt. A bunt? What's a bunt? Remember that? Some of you saw the movie. Like, <laughs> a bunt. What's a bunt? They're confused as to what it is. She so gives them the bunt cake. This was a bunt and they blew it. All Nancy Pelosi had to do was say, we're not going to impeach him until we have evidence he actually did something wrong, until public opinion moves in our direction, and she couldn't do it. So takeaway number one, this is a massive success for the GOP. The American public, largely, not speaking for everyone, obviously, because I hate when people say the American citizen. I'm saying largely. The American people, based on the two impeachments in our generation, the Clinton impeachment and the Trump impeachment, have turned against both of them because they like to pick unsurprisingly, for an entrepreneurial kind of renegade culture like we are, the American people, Joe, like to pick their own presidents. How about that? How about that? They don't want a bunch of swamp rat bureaucrats telling them their vote doesn't matter. Why is this surprising to you, Democrats? How did you not get this? Did you not learn from Clinton where the Republicans took a beating? Bill Clinton left office with 63% approval. After being impeached. Did you miss this? So number one, approval rating up. Massive success for the GOP. Number two, the liberal activist full-time bootlicking media surgically attached their lips to the rear end of the Democrat Party. Full-time. Can't even disconnect them anymore. You know how you remove those stitches after surgery? These are like, it's like glue to the Democrat, to the collective Democrat rear end. It's like crazy glue. Have now been occupied for what, Joe? Three months? What is this impeachment? Oh. The whole process was something like 90 days? Yeah. About Getting three cramps. months have been occupied. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, my timeline's right, right? Uh, uh, yeah, for, with nothing other than this impeachment fiasco. You may say, well, how is that a win for the GOP? Because, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm not crazy when I tell you there are limited hours in the day for media consumption, correct? Right. Americans work for a living. We're an entrepreneurial Culture, we get dirt under our fingernails. We have kids to raise, soccer games to go to, baseball games to go to, jobs to attend to, food to put on the table. I would guess, and this is unscientific, so forgive me, but I would guess Americans have largely about maybe one to three hours a day to consume media, news, and various types of entertainment before they go to bed, put their kids to bed and wake up and do it all over again. 
If those one to three hours, say two of them are consumption of news and media, and one and a half of those hours are for an impeachment hoax you were never going to prove, then what are they not covering in that time? Oh, that's right. Yes, the Democrats and policy ideas they may have, policy prescriptions for tomorrow, campaigns, presidential campaigns, all gone. All gone. All wiped out because for three months, all you could cover was a hoax impeachment you were never going to prove. Number one, President Trump's approval up. Number two, media occupied almost full time. Number three, the Democrats are entirely, completely off message. I'm not going to relitigate yesterday's show where I played the Rage and Cajun Democrat strategist James Carville, who's been at this for decades, who lost his marbles on MSNBC, saying, what are you guys doing, Democrats? What are you doing? We're talking about this stuff that doesn't matter. Of course you are, because you chose to impeach the president, and you're not talking about anything that largely American people, the American people really care about. Their health care bills, their tax rates, their job future, their local kids' school. Roads that are falling apart. You know, it's ironic. I wanted to get to this yesterday and I missed it because there was so much going on. By the way, yesterday's show was our most listened to, downloaded ever overnight. Thank you. You all are the best. Like, seriously, I love you all to death. Monster, monster numbers yesterday. We beat like cable news channels yesterday. Yeah. Not a joke. No. Um, even Joe emailed me this morning. He's like, what the hell? I was like, I don't yeah. know. The numbers were <laughs> off the charts. True. But because yesterday's show was so loaded, I missed this. Remember, we're talking about point number three, why the GOP won, because the Democrats are off message. It's ironic that in the post State of the Union address, the rebuttal, the Democrats chose the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. The Whitmer, who I'm not a fan of and I think is an awful governor, by the way. But one of our campaign slogans was fix the damn roads. Dems, Democrats, I'm not giving you advice. It's not what I'm here for. You understand how you totally blew it? The candidate you're touting as your next big thing in your rebuttal to the State of the Union address literally ran on a slogan the complete opposite of all you've been focused on for the last 90 days. Local stuff that matters to people. Fix the damn roads. I'm not, listen, Whitmer's terrible. Awful. I'm simply suggesting that was her thing. Go, in other words, Joe, go out and do things that matter. And let me tell you, and I'll leave it at this. You know what doesn't matter to the American people? Yes, that's right. Impeachment. They don't care. It's a farce. You completely blew it. <sighs> All right. Now, this is just kind of a funny comic relief break here. <laughs> this is hysterical. Hat tip to this uh, Reddit user at the Donald. Um, Nancy Pelosi Apparently, you know her ripping of the State of the Union address? You may say, oh, man, I know Nancy Pelosi's supporters. Like, she got all emotional. She doesn't like Donald Trump. She's a warrior for the cause. She ripped up the State of the Union address. Really? She did? Yeah, Nancy Pelosi apparently uh, pre-ripped during the speech. (laughs) Pre-ripped the speech. I guess so when she did it, she would make sure it would rip and she wouldn't be struggling there on camera. Look at this. This is great. Oh, what a scam there. You can see at tip the, the Reddit. Look at her pre uh, pre ripping, pre ripping the speech. Isn't that like great? If you want to see the actual video, youtube.com slash Bongino. It's short and sweet, but that Reddit user zoned, uh, excuse, excuse me, zoomed in. You can see Pelosi. There you go. Pre ripping the speech. What a phony. What? What a, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, good Open job. here. Rip here with, a little, with an arrow. Wait, yeah, with, with a, a little, little arrow. arrow. I need my yeah. second five. Rip at this point. She probably had some. <laughs> no, you know when you go in for like a house closing and they put those little post-it stickies that say sign here? She yeah. had one of those. Rip here. Rip. And it had a time marker too. Count 20 <sighs> seconds after President Trump. Rip here after he's a. <laughs> that's, exa- that's a good one, Joe. Rip here. Oh. Rip. We need to have those. But we should sell those for, for like charity. Rip here. Pre <laughs> printed post it notes. Rip the total phony. The whole oh. thing was an act, folks. She's a total fraud. A total fraud. Here, to wrap this segment up, though, because again, I don't want you to think it's just me. And Republicans like, oh, Dan, you're just rubbing it. Of course, I'm rubbing it in. That's what I do because this is the new rules. It's time to really stick a fork in the Democrats. Now's the time to pile on. But I am objective when I come to evaluating the numbers about how this was a colossal disaster for the Democrats. 
I showed you um, Jim Carville yesterday, Democrat strategist, losing his marbles over how stupid this was. But here's Terry Moran, another, you know, media guy who's definitely not right leaning on, I believe, ABC. But here's a quick 15 second soundbite of him saying. How did you guys really get out of this, Democrats? Check this out. I think the, the problem is for Democrats going forward, though, they spent years trying to drive this president from office through impeachment. What was the opportunity cost of that? Are they only known before the voters in the fall as the party of outrage and contempt? They'll need more. Yeah. You know, I, I played that clip for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's a mainstream media person who obviously doesn't lean right. He wouldn't be in the mainstream media if he did. I don't know Terry Moran's on a personal knock. I'm just saying right. pretty much a prerequisite to get hired by a mainstream media outlet that you hate Republicans who's even suggesting like, what the hell was the point of all this? But I like the clip because he mentions an economic term I bring up often on the show I haven't discussed in a long time. Opportunity cost. That's a real term in economics. A lot of you, it's basic. I mean, it's an econ 101 term. But if you're not in economics, kind of like if you're not at the baseball, you don't know what a bunt is. It's not personal. It's just not your thing. It's important that he brought that up. It's a little deeper if you know what opportunity cost means. Let me just give you a quick analogy. An opportunity cost is this. You know, my wife is a really skilled web designer. Paul, I don't know if you know that about her. Now, let's say like she's out of work for personal reasons. Let's say she just doesn't want to work. She's taking a vacation, a break, whatever it may be. And she gets an offer from the local hamburger joint to flip burgers at $10 an hour. If she turns a job down, you may say, well, gosh, man, she cost herself $10 an hour, potentially hundreds of dollars a week by turning down the hamburger joint job. That's not really the cost of the lost opportunity. That may be a pure financial loss, but it's not an economic loss. The real opportunity cost for her, this more significant cost, if she just does, say she didn't want to work, she does, I'm just using her as an example because she's sitting right in front of me, is my wife's really skilled. Like she could charge a labor rate really high. I don't know, two, $300 an hour to build websites that are very complicated. So the real opportunity cost is not the $10 an hour she's losing by not working. She does work for over here, by the way. It's the hundreds of dollars an hour she's losing by not taking on what she could really do, which is web design, which is worth a lot more in the labor market than, you know, making hamburgers. You get what I'm saying? In other mm -hmm. words, opportunity cost, which is it's an important economic term. This guy, Terry Moran, uses it in a very skillful way, is the real cost of the lost opportunity. And the cost of all the things you could have done, design websites, whatever, that you didn't. There's a cost to that of a lost opportunity. And Moran is very smart to use that term right here because you have no idea what the Democrats could have done because you can't prove a counterfactual by the lost opportunity. Why, Joe? Because they didn't take it. The opportunity they chose was to sit there and do nothing, impeachment. Copy. Rather than to take on things that their base, not me, but their base may like. Government health care, increased public education money, stuff I'm not a huge fan of, but it's stuff they may be. You'll never know what you could have done because you lost the opportunity. Dopes. So stupid. One of the seriously dumbest political calculations I have seen in modern American history. All right, let me give you a little bit of a tease of what's ahead, because I don't want you to go anywhere. Folks, you know, the last few weeks, we have been tying together this swamp network, and I've been telling you these people all know each other. I got more on Romney with this. You may say, Dan, you passing on Romney? Oh, no, 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 I'm not done. These people all know each other, the people plotting to take down Trump, and they all have something to lose. Well, there was some breaking news today about another one of these guys that's become a target. You're not going to want to go anywhere, and how it relates to Romney and everything else is going to be good. Let me get to our second sponsor today, uh, Patriot Mobile. Good to have Patriot Mobile on board. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a cell phone, you have to ask yourself very seriously, why are we supporting companies that can't stand us and not only can't stand us, that donate to causes that fight against our values? Why? Why? Most of these cell companies use the exact same towers. I want to thank our friends at Patriot Mobile for backing up us, our causes, and I'm asking you to support them in return. We talk a lot about supporting President Trump, defeating the Democrats in the deep state, but what are we actually doing about it? The do matters. Talk is cheap. We don't have the luxury of looking the other way any longer. We need to support companies that stand with us. Patriot Mobile is the only cell phone service that donates a portion of your monthly bill to organizations fighting for the values we believe in, like the right to bear arms. 
life, religious liberty, and supporting our patriotic veterans, our heroes. I know, switching cell phone carriers is scary, but Patriot Mobile makes it super easy. Keep your number. Keep it. Bring your phone. Buy or buy a new one. Get the same reliable nationwide service. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Dan and get free activation when you use the offer code Dan plus a free gift when you open a new line. Or call the U.S.-based customer service team at 877-367-7524. Do it today. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dan patriotmobile.com slash Dan or 877-367-7524. Offer code Dan. Go today. <clears throat> Thanks, Patriot Mobile. Okay, quickly, before I get to that, they all know each other segments. That's going to take a bit. Just a quick recap. I didn't, uh, yesterday was so loaded with video and audio, I didn't even get to cover some of this stuff. The State of the Union yesterday, there were a number of takeaways. And I just want you to be assured that despite the media's protestations that, ah, President Trump's a big fibber, man, he's always lying. Meanwhile, from the mainstream media that promoted the Russia hoax the whole time. A couple of the big takeaways he hit and the highlights in that State of the Union address, I covered it more from a tactical perspective yesterday, but from a pure facts and and data-driven perspective, oil production is up. He, He addressed that yesterday. We are now a net exporter of oil in the United States. Exporter. Yeah. By a sliver. But we are still a net exporter. Yeah. We do import a lot, but we export more. For liberals who have a tough time meaning what net exporter actually means. President Trump wasn't kidding about that. Thanks to President Trump and, you know, prior administrations, not the Obama administration that banned a lot of this on uh, public land, we are now producing boatloads of oil and petroleum products, which make the which make uh, uh, our economy hum by providing the energy to make it do it. Takeaway number two, he said there were 12,000 more factories now since he's taken office than when he got into office. That is absolutely correct. There are more factories now. Now, you can attribute that to a lot of things. Again, correlation and causation are not always the same thing. But he was not inaccurate when he said there are now more manufacturing factories in the United States since he became president. That is absolutely a fact. Be confident in saying that. It's a very simple number to measure. Factories when President Trump came into office, factories now. There are 12,000 more. The unemployment rate for black and Hispanics are at decades-long lows. There is no question about that. Matter of fact, the unemployment rate uh, for, uh, for black Americans is the lowest it's been since they started aggregating the data that way. That's a fact. He mentioned that 7 million Americans are off food stamps since he took off since he took office. Again, a measurable, documented, easily put into a spreadsheet fact. The amount of Americans that were on food stamps when Donald Trump took office and the amount of Americans now, that is a minus 7 million. That's a fact. Finally, middle class and lower income workers are gaining. Their wages are growing. Your take-home pay is getting higher. Your wallets are getting fatter at a faster rate than the wealthiest among us. More on that a little later in my debunking liberal lies segment, because I'm getting a lot of emails from people say, Dan, you haven't debunked a lot of these liberal myths. Tax cuts were for the rich. We're hearing a lot of it. Give us the ammo. I got a little bit of that later, later too. But I want to get to some other stuff again. This is the they all know each other segment. They all know each other, these anti-Trumpers, and they all have something to hide. I promised you yesterday I get to Rand Paul. This is from a couple days ago. This is Rand Paul on the House floor. While the impeachment trial was still going on. And it's important what happened. For a little background, Senator Paul delivered a question during the impeachment trial to the Chief Justice of the United States, John Roberts, who was supposed to read the question and refuse, which is unforgivable. Now, he says he refused to read the question because he believed the question without the whistleblower, which is fascinating, Joe, because supposedly nobody knows who the whistleblower is. That's so right. how are you going to out the whistleblower if John Roberts is reading a name and doesn't know who the whistleblower is? Uh, I don't know, folks. We're just using logic here. I can't out the whistleblower. That's the whistleblower? I don't know it's the whistleblower. So how are you outing him? Right. Roberts shamefully refused to ask the question. So Rand Paul took a point of personal privilege on the Senate floor during his opportunity to speak. To read the question himself, I'm just going to play the opening because I want to show you why this matters, what Rand Paul is onto, and how this is about to get really bad about the Democrats. And keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, the subtitle of this segment, they all know each other, the anti-Trumpers, and they all have something to hide. 
and they're terrified Trump's going to expose him. Listen to Rand Paul. Now, during the proceedings, I asked a question that was disallowed. And I'm going to ask that question again this morning because the Constitution does protect debate and does protect the asking of questions. I think they made a big mistake not allowing my question. My question did not talk about anybody who is a whistleblower. My question did not accuse anybody of being a whistleblower. It did not make a statement believing that someone was a whistleblower. I simply named two people's names because I think it's very important to know what happened. We're now finding out that the FISA investigation was predicated upon 17 lies by the FBI, by people at high levels who were biased against the president, and it turns out it was an illegitimate investigation. Everything they did about investigating the president was untrue and abused government to do something they never should have done in the first place. Oh, yeah. We haven't used Macho Man in a long time. Folks, Rand Paul knows something. A lot of you may know. Some of you may not. The impeachment hoax, which is now thankfully over. You say, what do you call it? It was a hoax. He was impeached because it was based on a hoax. It was another coordinated hit. Another one. Just like the Spygate drama. Just like the Mueller, Rosenstein, DOJ, fake investigation into President Trump. This is all coordinated, ladies and gentlemen. These people all know each other. And they all need to desperately get rid of President Trump before justice comes and finds him. What do I mean by that? What is Rand Paul on to? Ladies and gentlemen, there were two staffers who were the subject, actually three staffers, at the National Security Council that were the subject of Rand Paul's question. One of them by the name of Abigail Grace, who worked at the National Security Council, where keep in mind, that's where the whistleblower complaint emanated from, the National Security Council, who alleged they heard Trump's phone call with the Ukrainians, and there was an illicit quid pro quo made. It came right. from the National Security Council, which has been a sieve of leaks. A National Security Council member, Abigail Grace, working for the president's National Security Council under the executive office of the president, left to go work for who? Adam Schiff. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Schiff who organized and coordinated with the whistleblower, him and his team, to organize this whistleblower complaint. She left in February of 2017. Excuse me, uh, February 2019. In August of 2019, right before the whistleblower complaint uh, was lodged, another staffer left by the name of Sean Misko. Again, Rand Paul's question is long. That's a six-minute speech. I don't have which phrases out there, but I don't have the time for the whole thing. And of course, the whistleblower is banned by YouTube, the name, and I need you to get this information. Banned by YouTube, which is just bizarre. But Sean Misko, another National Security Council member who is known to be a friend of the fake whistleblower, left the same month that the whistleblower filed the fake complaint. So they're like this. They're like two buds. They're BFFs. Misko and the fake whistleblower. Fake whistleblower files the complaint the same month his BFF leaves to go work for Adam Schiff who we know was coordinating with the whistleblower to file this, a fake complaint. Remember what I told you, ladies and gentlemen, was this a coordinated hit? The answer is obviously, you're darn right it was, and Rand Paul knows it. His question was about Misko and Grace and their relationship to the fake whistleblower. Now, here's a red state piece, which I find a little bit interesting. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of bit interesting. This red state piece quotes a source who says, new, colleagues overheard the YouTube-censored fake whistleblower discussing with Sean Misko from the National Security Council how to remove Trump from office right after Trump was elected president. Now, of course, the media will find this totally, completely uninteresting. But for media, people are actually interested in facts, and it is a small, shrinking portion of people actually interested in the facts in this case. You don't find it a little odd. And ladies and gentlemen, I, you know why I always frame this stuff in the form of a question? I do it because you can't avoid, best political advice I ever got, you can't avoid a question, you can avoid an assertion. A question triggers the human mind. I'm just asking you in the form of a question, don't you find it a little odd that Sean Misko, who worked for the National Security Council, who was a, a friend of the fake whistleblower, who according to Red State overheard, had a source who overheard Misko with the fake whistleblower, 
talking about how to get the president removed from office, leaves right before the fake whistleblower files a complaint, his buddy, to go work for Adam Schiff, who coordinates with the whistleblower on a, the, on a complaint about a quid pro quo that never happened. You don't find that remotely odd? No, sheer coincidence. Yeah. Of course it's a coincidence if you're a liberal media meathead or Rob Reiner. Then you got it all figured out. No, no, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing to see here. Folks, what part of walking through this is hard for you media people and liberals? A source overhears this guy, Misko, talking to the fake whistleblower minutes after Trump is inaugurated president, or days, I mean, be fair, precision matters, about removing him from office. The fake whistleblower files a complaint about a quid pro quo they allegedly overheard in a call that never happened. While this his best buddy is over there working for Adam Schiff. Isn't it also convenient that the charges are sent to the inspector general of the intelligence community, essentially the internal affairs guy, Michael Atkinson, who then alters the rules so that a secondhand complaint, because the fake whistleblower didn't actually hear the call he was complaining about. And complaints have to be firsthand, firsthand, meaning you heard it for the liberals listening. Mm-hmm. It was not firsthand. The fake whistleblower did not hear the call. So the inspector general alters the rules to allow the fake whistleblower to file a complaint he should have never filed about a quid pro quo that never happened, coordinating with a guy on Adam Schiff's staff who we used to be buddies with, who they overheard talking about a plot to get Trump out of office. Don't worry, liberals. Absolutely nothing to see here. Oh, and another little nugget. Throwing you the deuce here. The ICIG they give the complaint to, Michael Atkinson, was also the lawyer in the Department (laughs) of Justice National Security Division that approved the warrants to spy on Donald Trump and was the lawyer for one of the final approvers, a guy by the name of John Carlin, who ran the National Security Division of the Justice Department that approved the warrant to spy on Trump. And John Carlin used to be Bob Mueller's chief of staff. Don't worry, folks. None of this matters. You see how, do you understand? Please listen to me. They all know each other. I know you know that. But they all have something to hide. Carlin, Atkinson, they were all involved in a plot to spy on the president with no evidence. They need to get this guy out of office. How do you think Atkinson's name creeped up again with another fake complaint about a quid pro quo that never happened and they changed the rules to allow it to happen? Why? So they can get rid of this president before these guys are all smoked out. They're hiding in caves. The president's smoking them out. We found out also that the fake whistleblower, shocker here, get ready, that the fake whistleblower was an advisor to former Vice President Biden on Ukraine issues. Oh, yes, that's right. Ukraine issues that President Biden was the point man on while his son got a job in Ukraine for $83,000 a month with a natural gas company, despite having zero credentials in either natural gas or Ukraine. Now, this sucks too much. This sucks too much. <laughs> it's, your sock meter's overloaded? Uh, it L- is. Listen, this, this Joe is has a- never said that. Joe's got a pretty high suck meter because he's used to hearing all this. Joe's this sock does. meter is now overloaded. But again, Joe, the mainstream media doesn't care because their suck meters for Republicans are very low. Their suck meters for Democrats, they can take a lot of suck. That's right, brother. A whole lot. Oh, it gets better. So the fake whistleblower who coordinated the fake complaint with his buddy he was overheard plotting to take down Trump with the day he got into office, his buddy who went and worked for Adam Schiff who the fake whistleblower coordinated with, gives a complaint to the inspector general who was the lawyer for the DOJ that approved the spying warrants to spy on Trump and a lawyer for John Carlin and DOJ, who was Bob Mueller's old chief of staff gives that complaint to that guy. Atkinson was an advisor to Biden on Ukraine issues and also was one of the guys who signs into the white house for a December, 2015 meeting, a bunch of Ukrainians (laughs) to meet at the white house And one of them happens to be a director or an executive director of ANTAC. ANTAC, what the heck is ANTAC? Fake whistleblowers signing people into the White House, including the executive director of ANTAC. Oh, that's that George Soros-funded group that was on the do not prosecute list for our Ukrainian embassy overseas. Yes, yeah, yes. (laughs) Fake whistleblower 
signs in the Soros-funded group guy that our embassy overseas in the Obama administration was telling the Ukrainians, don't prosecute those guys. Soros, yeah, the guy who happens to be a billionaire and a mega liberal donor. Now you see what Rand Paul's onto? Now do you get why Rand Paul wants to know exactly what Misco and fake whistleblower guy and Abigail Grace on Adam Schiff's staff were doing? Ladies and gentlemen, they all know each other and they're all hiding their corruption in Ukraine, the Biden administration's corruption in Ukraine. They are hiding their coordination with foreign governments to spy on Trump. They are hiding this paper trail where they ignored evidence that this Trump thing was a hoax, this collusion thing, and went forward anyway, abusing the powers of government. They need this president out of office. I'm not done. I got more under the subheadline. They all know each other. And they all have something to hide. All right, let me get to my final sponsor. Your mouth's going to water a little bit. So forgive me if you're hungry. I don't know when you're watching my show. Maybe you're watching at noon when it goes live. Maybe you're watching on the drive home in LA, six o'clock, which would be nine o'clock Eastern time. But if you're hungry, you're going to get hungrier right now. You know why? Because the smell of delicious co- I see I'm doing my mouth watering already. Because you know what? I know they're inside and I want to eat them so bad. It's almost Valentine's Day and love is in the air. Is it? Could be this weekend. But you know what's better to have in the air? The smell of delicious cookies. When Debbie Fields started Mrs. Fields Cookies 40 years ago, she won over sweets lovers everywhere with her gooey chocolate chip cookies. Come on, you know Mrs. Fields. You break them apart and you just see the chocolate like a waterfall. <laughs> they have melt in your mouth brownies too. They're, they're hard. I can't even take it anymore. They're so good. I mean, you hear my mouth? Look at that. That's what that is. They have a passion for sharing the joy of delicious baked goods. Nowadays, you don't have to go to the bakery to get your favorite cookies. You can have them sent right to you or as a gift to someone else. For this Valentine's Day, send a gift to your partner, significant other, or your secret crush. Mrs. Fields will deliver a heart-shaped tin of treats or heart-shaped cookies anywhere across the country, and ordering is easy. Buy one for yourself because these cookies are so good. <laughs> send yourself a Valentine as well. And if you're ordering as a gift, you can add a personal message and pick the perfect cookies just for that person. Best of all, Mrs. Fields offers 100% customer satisfaction guarantee. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not satisfied with Mrs. Fields' cookies, I'd be, I'd be astounded. They are delicious. They sent us a cookie pie for Valentine's Day. Oh, I could bring it in here and show you, but there's almost none left because my daughter and I have been punishing that thing. It's so won't good. won't make it. That is how delicious it is. <laughs> no, it won't make it. It won't make it even no. inside because I'll eat it right here. To sweeten the deal, our listeners get 20% off your entire order when you go to Mrs. Fields. That's Mrs. M-R-S, fields.com slash Bongino. That's 20% off any gift at mrsfields.com slash Bongino. That's M-R-S-F-I-E-L-D-S dot com slash Bongino. Mrsfields.com slash Bongino. Your cookies are on the way. Your taste buds and your significant other will thank you. I love flowers, but they die. This experience of eating Mrs. Fields cookies will live with you forever. They're that good. <laughs> Check it out. Mrsfields.com slash Bongino. I always love that read because they're oh, that good. They're delicious. I punish those cookies. I can eat a whole bag of them. Yeah, yeah. You wipe I eat like your a lips slob, there, dude. For those of you who know me. Yeah, a little. Joe, you yeah. can attest to that, right? That I eat like a monster. Oh, it's I like mean, the, it's the Tasmanian really devil horrifying. at the table. You know, it is. It is the Tasmanian. They never stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. I can't even talk. I almost choked a couple of times eating because I love food so much. All right, getting back to the show. So, subsection two of today's edition of they all know each other, ladies and gentlemen. They're all have they all have something to hide. I've told you this. This swamp, whatever, I don't care what you want to call it. The deep state, the silly state, the swamp state. I don't care. The bureaucracy, the morass, the I'm, whatever you want to call it. Believe me, is very real. There are unappointed, uh, excuse me, unelected bureaucrats in this government who hate this president, have a lot to hide and will do anything to get rid of them before he gets to the bottom of what actually happened. Now, I saw this article up in the Washington Examiner today. I think it was Dan Chaitlin. And I thought, again? Now, for those of you longtime listeners, this story may ring a bell. For you new listeners, don't worry, I'll sum it up. Yeah, Dan Chaitlin. I'll sum it up for you why this story matters. This will not get any mainstream media coverage again, but it's more evidence of the 
feverish rush by the swamp to get people either locked up, shut up, or put in jail so they never talk about what happened. Here's the headline. Dan Shaitlin, Washington Examiner, DOJ reviewing criminal referral from Adam Schiff against Eric Prince. Please read this article at the show notes. Go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. That's our newsletter. Subscribe to it. We'll send you a daily email with these articles. Please read this. Why is the DOJ now? Why is Adam Schiff? You know, I, I'll show you, a, uh, read a quote from the piece. Excuse me, I don't mean to stumble over my words, but this is from the piece, the Washington Examiner piece. Quote, seeking prompt action, prompt from the DOJ. Adam Schiff, he's worried, Joe. He wants prompt action. Why? Why? Oh, yeah. Adam Schiff claimed Eric Prince hindered his committee's work with deceptive answers about meetings with Kirill Dmitriev, chief executive officer of the Russian Direct Investment Fund <laughs> and his relationship with President Trump's campaign. Even Joe may be a little confused. He's got a lot going on here, but I know he's heard the Eric Prince story before. Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll sum this up for you. Thank you. So Washington Examiner story today, which I'm telling you will go right over a lot of people's heads, but it won't go over yours. Washington Examiner story. Eric Prince, Adam Schiff is demanding action that this Eric Prince guy, who was a subject of the collusion witch hunt because he met with a Russian Kirill Dmitriev in the Seychelles and the Democrats and their hack lying phony frauds in the media were like, look, this is evidence of Russian collusion. Why? Because Eric Prince's sister is Betsy DeVos, who is who? Oh, yeah. President Trump's education secretary. Like, look, meeting with the Russian Kirill Dmitriev. Ladies and gentlemen, this meeting was a setup. I am 100% certain. A setup by the same people who sent Alexander Downer, by the same people who sent Joseph Mifsud, by the same people who sent uh, Natalia Veselnitskaya up to Trump Tower to meet with Don Jr. It was a setup. I have no doubt that these people were being sent to meet with people in the Trump orbit or associated with people in the Trump orbit. Why? So later on, Joe, they would have evidence. Look, Eric Prince met with Russians. Collusion. Right. I have no doubt this was a setup. Let's move on. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You may say, you said it was a setup. You always prove it. Let's go to the evidence. Because as always, the Democrats and these uh, anti-Trump hacks are too stupid to cover their own tracks. So just to be clear, Adam Schiff now really wants the DOJ to get this guy locked up, Eric Prince, who met with this Russian in the Russian Direct Investment Fund. So again, framing this in the form of a question like a Jeopardy kind of scenario, because you can avoid an assertion, (laughs) but you can never avoid a question. So Eric Prince, who was a supporter of Donald Trump and whose sister works for the Trump administration, met with the Kirill Dmitriev for the Russian Direct Investment Fund. The Russian Direct Investment Fund is managed by who? Kirill Dmitriev, who is associated with who? Well, let's go to this left-leaning website, Salon.com, that did an expose on the Panama Papers, which was a group of papers that um, showed some relationships with international money that were kind of shady. So left, by the way, far left leading salon.com had an interesting little nugget. I'll bet they'd love to take back about the Russian direct investment fund and Kirill Dmitriev. Let me read this for you. In his report on the Clinton machines ties to Saudi Arabia, Michael Isikoff also notes that two of the Clinton lobbyist bundlers, Richard Sullivan and David Jones, are principals in a firm that until late last year represented no way. The Russian Direct Investment Fund, a sovereign wealth fund co-founded by Vladimir Putin when he was prime minister. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) I thought the Republicans were the Russian colluders. So you're telling me two major lobbyist bundlers, as reported by a left-leaning outlet, Richard Sullivan and David Jones, were representing Vladimir Putin's Russian Direct Investment Fund? Wow, that's insane. That's can't be because Republicans are definitely the Russian colluders, right? Yeah. So Clinton orbit, big money guys, Clinton lobbyist bundlers are representing Putin's direct investment fund that mysteriously meets with this Eric Prince who is uh, in the Trump orbit. Yeah, I wonder how that meeting happened. Hey, I think you should go meet with this Prince guy. We need evidence of Russian collusion. 
Keep in mind, we're going with this. I'm going to show you how the Russia Direct Investment Fund, co-founded by Putin and managed by Kirill Dmitriev, who met with Eric Prince, who Adam Schiff now wants prosecuted quickly because they don't want this setup to be exposed. Go meet with Prince. We'll say he colluded with the Russians. I'm going to show you how the Russia Direct Investment Fund has a whole lot of suspicious ties, not to the Trump orbit, but to the Clinton orbit. Two of its biggest bundlers are managing Clinton's money and his lobby and managing the Russia Direct Investment Fund too. Weird. The Russia Direct Investment Fund that these Clinton lobbyist bundlers are associated with, they also partnered up with someone too. Gee, what are the Clintons trying to hide with their association with the Russia Direct Investment Fund? Well, the Russia Direct Investment Fund, as we can see from their own website, the RDIF, for liberals, that means Russia Direct Investment Fund. <laughs> Just, I, I got to be clear because they may be confused by there. They'll be like, what does that RDIF mean? I, I Listen, uh, for the conservatives, I'm sorry to have to dumb the show down, but some liberals do listen to the show and they won't know what this means. Here is from the Russia Direct Investment Fund's <laughs> own website. RDIF and Skolkovo, Singapore businessmen agree to jointly assist startups. So one of the Russia direct investment firms associated with these Clinton orbit people is partnered with Skolkovo. Now, some of you older listeners are like, whoa, oh, yeah. putting it all together right now. What was Skolkovo? Mm-hmm. Skolkovo, let's go to this article, which will be in the show notes. I cannot encourage you in strong enough terms to please either sign up for my newsletter or go to Bongino.com, click on the podcast drop-down menu, and you can see this article in the show notes. It is by Diana West. It is worth your time. It's from 2017. But you need to read this. It is one of the most important articles of the election cycle. It's called Hillary's Hypersonic Missile Gap from the Daily Caller, Diana West. Why? Because I told you the Clintons are hiding something with their involvement with Russia, people involved with her and the Russia Direct Investment Fund that is partnered with Skolkovo. Skolkovo was a technology project, a Silicon Valley type project in Russia that was suspected of doing some really bad things, folks. Skolkovo was also actively supported, actively by Hillary Clinton. Let's go to the piece from Diana West's piece. Here is the United States Army's language. What? <laughs> what are you laughing at? I know, I'm looking at... Th- oh, oh, nice. They rip here. Look, she even has a rip here. Paula added a rip here on the YouTube. Very, I totally missed that. I totally missed that. Rip, yes, rip here so we can get rid of it. She's taking a victory lap. From the Daily Caller piece. This is the United States Army in 2012. Their evaluation... Very funny. Of what Skolkovo actually was. Keep in mind, this is a Russian project partnering with this Russian direct investment firm Clinton lobbyist bundlers are associated with. This is the Army's language. Quote, Skolkovo is an ambitious enterprise aiming to promote technology transfer generally by inbound direct investment and occasionally through selected acquisitions. As such, Skolkovo, pay attention here, is arguably an overt alternative to clandestine industrial espionage with the additional distinction that it can achieve such a transfer on a much larger scale and more efficiently. Ladies and gentlemen, this language should shock the soul. I'm not kidding. Yeah. This is not funny. Hillary Clinton actively supported a Russian technology project called Skolkovo, partnering with an investment fund co-founded by Putin, some of her biggest money people were associated with, that the Army's own intel branch thought was stealing our technology and using it to create military weapons like hypersonic missiles to kill us. This is not a joke. That's not a conservative uh, website's evaluation. The Daily Caller and Diana West are simply quoting the United States Army. Hey, this Skolkovo is really bad. This may be mass industrial espionage stealing our trade secrets to develop weapons. What kind of siren do you need to go off to be like, 
Wait, Hillary was pushing this? Oh, it gets worse. Follow the money, ladies and gentlemen. These people all know each other and they all have something to hide. Follow the money. Takeaway number two from Diana West Peace. So Bill Clinton wanted to meet with someone on a trip to Russia. On this trip, he was going to be paid $500,000 for a speech in Moscow. The person he wanted to meet with was a guy by the name of Victor Vexelberg of Renova, a big Clinton Foundation donor, by the way. And to quote Diana West's piece, and a project under Vexelberg's purview was the Skolkovo Innovation Center. So let me get this straight. Bill Clinton, keep that up for a second, is being paid $500,000 to go to Moscow to give a speech. While on that speech, he wants to meet with Vexelberg, who is running the Skolkovo project, which is alleged to be stealing our military technology to kill us and backed by Hillary too, in case you didn't know his wife. Oh, and who paid the $500,000 speaking fee? No way. You're never going to, but this is real. I'm not messing with you. <laughs> Renaissance Capital paid Bill Clinton the speaking fee or was going to pay him it, which is a Russian investment bank with ties to the Kremlin, is a Clinton Foundation donor. A Skolkovo and a Skolkovo executive, and which talked up the Uranium One project, whose sale the Clinton State Department would approve, and whose executives together contributed $145 million to the Clinton Foundation. Oh. Okay, but I, I have I have an I just have to rewind this tape a minute so you understand the gravity of what I'm telling you and why this story today. I'm not just randomly bringing stuff up, folks. As Joe always says, it, it, you know, the news of the day you need in an hour. This news of the day, I guarantee you, flew over the head of 99.9% Americans that Adam mm. Schiff is now in a panic and wants Eric Prince prosecuted promptly. DOJ, go arrest him. Why? Because Prince was set up clearly to meet with this Russian managing a direct investment fund who the Clintons were tied to through their lobbyist bundlers and the fact that the Russian direct investment fund was partnered with a military project disguised as this industrial espionage alpha, espionage alpha that Hillary Clinton supported. It was a Russian espionage project to steal our stuff. And then we find out the guy running the espionage project, Vexelberg, Clinton wanted to meet with him on a speech in Moscow, paid for by a Russian bank, Renaissance Capital, that was also involved in the funding of the Uranium One deal to send our uranium overseas. Uranium, nuclear fuel, for the liberals listening. While the Clinton State Department approved the deal? You know, Trey Gowdy was on last night. Uh, who was he on with? Hannity? I believe he was on with Hannity. Yeah, he was on with Hannity. And Trey Gowdy was on. He said something last night that should ring every one of your bells. He said, let me get this straight. The Trump administration was investigated and impeached based on hearsay about a phone call. I'm kind of adding a little bit to this, but mm -hmm. forgive me. The Trump administration was investigated based on hearsay in a bar between George Papadopoulos and Alexander Downer about a Russian collusion hoax that never happened. You, you spied on him. And then I'm going to add, he was later impeached on secondhand hearsay about a phone call quid pro quo that never happened either. So you impeached him and spied on him using the most powerful weapons the government has despite two debunked hoaxes and nothing more than hearsay and a conversation in a bar that even the two people participating in the conversations dispute the media's recount of it. Or excuse me, retelling of it. You impeached the president spied on because of that. But despite the fact that I just laid out for you that checks have been cashed by the Clintons for their foundation from people involved in a Russian project to steal our technology and create weapons to kill us, while at the same time people involved with that project met with the person in the Trump orbit who did nothing wrong and now you're about to prosecute him for it and you don't find any of that bizarre that this could have been a setup to hide their own footprints and ties to the Russians? None of this interests you at all. Now, not only did Hillary do it, 
I mean, excuse me, Bill, was he involved in this money trail between these Russians trying to steal our technology who mysteriously show up in the Trump orbit? Hillary was too. Here's the third takeaway from Diana West's piece. Can't recommend this piece enough. Shocking set of emails exposed by the Washington Examiner reported, reported on shows the nexus of Bill and Hillary Clinton's foundation. Hillary Clinton's State Department, Bill Clinton, and Russian oligarch Vexelberg and Skolkovo, Russia's Silicon Valley. This was a Putin project to transfer Western technology to Russia that was championed and driven by Mrs. Clinton. And what do you know, folks? 17 out of the 28 tech companies that hitched up with Skolkovo also contributed to the Clinton Foundation. What a coincidence. Meanwhile, Barack Obama's support for Russian WTO membership World Trade Organization made the whole global flow so much easier. Clinton Foundation's getting richer. Bill Clinton's personally getting richer by banks involved in the financing of the Uranium One deal, talking up the project while Hillary Clinton oversees the Uranium One deal in her State Department. The very same people are involved in the Skolkovo project. Hillary Clinton's actively supporting and pushing people for Skolkovo stealing our military technology, creating weapons to kill us. Hillary's pushing American companies that are donating to the Clinton Foundation. Go over to Skolkovo. By the way, my husband's getting really rich off people associated with Skolkovo. And shocker, one of the guys associated, Kirill Dmitriev, with a fund associated with Skolkovo. Wow, he shows up for this meeting out of nowhere with a Trump guy that's later used to prove collusion with the Trump team? And now Adam Schiff wants to be sure that that former Trump orbit guy, you better prosecute him promptly. Why? Because they need to shut all these people up before what I just told you comes out and goes mainstream. Dispute any of that. Dispute any of that. Any of what I just told you media hacks. Was that army analysis of what Skolkovo was doing, stealing our technology? Are you challenging that? Was that wrong? Please show us facts how. You have other information army intel doesn't have? Was Hillary Clinton not actively pushing the Skolkovo project? We still have her quotes. We have her out there pushing Skolkovo. Were the technology companies that went over to Skolkovo not donated to the Clinton Foundation? We have the records. Was Bill Clinton not offered a half a million dollars to speak by a bank that actively pushed the Uranium One deal that Hillary Clinton's State Department approved? What about that is false? Were those two Clinton lobbyist bundlers, as reported by left-leaning Salon, not actively involved with the Russian Direct Investment Fund that was involved with the Skolkovo project Hillary was supporting. What part of that's inaccurate? Has Salon recanted that? They want everybody locked up, folks, and shut up. They need to get Trump out of office first. This stuff is all going to come out one day. You know, I, I like your emails. I enjoy them, and they really touch my heart when you say, Dan, I've been listening to your show, and we get a lot of these. This is not a self-praise moment. It's praise to you because I get a lot of sources. It's not just me. A lot of sources have done this, but there's nothing more rewarding than people email me, people emailing me and saying, I feel like the news I'm hearing now is already old because if I've been listening to this show, you're three, you're easily three, four months ahead of the news cycle. All right. I told you I'd get to Romney. I didn't mean to keep it to the end of the show, but again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have to do my debunking liberal stuff tomorrow. They all know each other, and they all have something to hide. So uh, Romney, fake Republican, snake, sellout, fraud, phony, um, yesterday was the only Republican who voted for one of the articles of impeachment, the first one. He got up on the uh, abuse of power charge, like, guilty, which is you know absolutely ridiculous to anyone who's followed the case. But here's a fascinating little tidbit about Romney as well. It's an older article, again, be in the show notes today. September 26, 2019, by Ariel Davidson, who does good work over at The Federalist. Quote, top Romney advisor worked with Hunter Biden on board of Ukrainian energy company. No. What are the chances of that? Joe, this deep state swamp stuff. Again, folks, I'm I'm begging you. Please. I mean, right, Joe, how many, but this is like 15 different dinks today. This oh, can't possibly be. They all know each People other, dude. They all know each other. Yeah. They have their lips surgically attached to each other's cabooses. From the Federalist piece, which I encourage you to read again. So Kofor Black, who joined the CIA in 1974 and eventually climbed the ranks to become director of the National Counterterrorism Center from 1999 to 2002, 
Well, Kofor Black was appointed by President George W. Bush in 2002, ambassador at large and coordinator for counterterrorism. Kofor Black later worked at Blackwater, which is interesting because that was uh, Eric Prince's old company. Oh, wow, that's crazy. As a vice chairman before joining Romney's campaign as a special advisor on Romney's foreign policy and national security advisor heat team in October of 2011. In 2017, uh, 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 Black joined the board of Burisma, where Joe Biden's kid worked in this BS cushy job he was paid for with absolutely zero experience. Ladies and gentlemen, what am I telling you? Uh, Did Romney know about this? I don't know. Again, unlike the left-wing media hacks, um, I think Romney's a snake. I think Romney is a sellout. Um, I've thought that for a long time. I'm embarrassed that I spoke positively about this guy during his election. He had me fooled too. But don't you find it a little odd that one of Romney's confidants and primary guys he used during his own campaign, Kofor Black, was also sitting on the same board in Ukraine, involved in a corruption election that hired Joe Biden's kid? Swamp is real, folks. You call it whatever you want. And it ain't just Democrats. It ain't is a word in that case. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please share this show. Thanks to everybody on Reddit who's been sharing my show, by the way, and all those uh, discussion boards. It's like, what is AR15.com? I saw you you shared my show the other day. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Please go to YouTube.com slash Bongino. Subscribe to the show on YouTube. It's all free. You can see the video version. We try to keep it an audio, primarily podcast, but once in a while, there are cool videos like the ripping thing I like you to see by Nancy Pelosi. So youtube.com slash Bongino, go check it out. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. Hopefully in one piece, I got a jujitsu class after this. So if you see me tomorrow, I made it through the class okay. (laughs) You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.